Welcome to Devil Horns, of course, the podcast all about heavy metal music. Uh, this is Corey, and another very special show. Uh, I have with me a guy who most of you have heard of before, and most of you have been listening to for probably a long time, uh, Mr. Tracy Bird, TB. Welcome to Devil Horns. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Man, like I said, you've been doing music for a long time and uh, have a lot of popularity and a lot of projects, but uh, what you're doing now your project uh, in the band called A Gathering of None. And uh, here just a few weeks ago, actually your debut full-length album came out. You had an EP come out uh, before this, I think, what, last year or 2012? Um, yeah, last year. Yeah. And uh, so now here's your, your first full-length, and I know there was a lot of work went into this. So um, oh, why don't you oh, just yeah. uh, tell everybody a little bit about A Gathering of None, and then uh, we'll get into the album. A Gathering of None is basically just, uh, I don't know, it's its hard to explain, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the basic idea behind it at first began with just myself, you know, which is why I called the band, initially called the band A Gathering of None, you know, because I thought, oh, well, it's kind of clever, you know, because it's, it's just me. Because, you know, on the Purging Empty Promises EP that came out last year, I played everything. Wow. I, I, did, I did all the instruments. Um all the vocals, stuff like that. Um, so eventually, I realized, though, in writing the new material, you know, after that EP, because I started demoing stuff for Nothing Left to Lose right away, or what became Nothing Left to Lose right away. And I realized as I was, you know, demoing out some of the newer stuff that, you know, my bass playing and my drumming, you know, while adequate <laughs> in certain situations, may not measure up to what I need these songs to be. So, you know, I was very, very blessed to have three other very talented individuals uh, jump on board with me. And uh, now, uh, I guess, The Gathering of None is basically just about having no limits, no uh, no rules, no genres, um, because uh, we, like to, we like to say that, you know, there's a little bit of everything for anyone that likes any form of hard rock or hard metal or punk or anything like that in our music. And uh, so a gathering of none, basically, now we look at it as, you know, a gathering of no genres, basically. You know, there's no um, there's no limitations. And it's still, you know, very, very much stuff that people might be familiar from, familiar with hearing from me, but it's also, you know, different in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was hard to classify. I was trying to come up with something, you know, as I was preparing here, I'm like, oh, I'm going to describe a gathering of none as this. And, you know, things like sort of, you know, like melodic punk, kind of maybe a, like a something with like a hardcore, almost like a helmetish kind of hardcore in places. And, and, you know, I just kept jumping around. I'm like, you know, I must be losing something here. I must be losing my touch here because I, I just can't can't put a finger on it. But, you know, that totally makes sense. Um, that you were just drawing from a lot of, a lot of different influences and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, we have influences across the board. You know, I mean, I like I like everything from classical music to grindcore, you know, and, and brutal death metal. But you know, the main thing for me is that I find 
widely inspiring and the stuff that I write personally for a gathering of none is, you know, I like, you know, here's my, here's my list of bands that I am continually drawing something from going, Oh my God, you know, that's, that's really cool. I wish I could write songs like, you know, or similar to <laughs> oh, yeah. these bands. And they're, you know, and they're always the same bands that I've come back to for years. It's, you know, the Foo Fighters, King's X, um, Ignite, Bad Religion, um, to a lesser extent, um, My Chemical Romance for, uh, from time to time. Um, you know, and, and, and harder stuff too, like Corrosion of Conformity, uh, Seamless, you know, Face to Face is in there as well. Still lots of Face to Face influence. Um, that stuff's never going to leave. You know, because it's just pretty much imprinted on my DNA at this point. And, and like you said, there's also elements of, you know, stuff like Helmet, Quicksand, um, all those, all those, you know, mid to late 90s awesome post-hardcore bands that were doing their thing. Handsome. Uh, God, Only Living Witness. Only Living Witness is probably one of my biggest influences, actually. So, mm. you know, it, it, all that stuff is in there. And, uh, it, like you said, it makes it kind of hard to classify, and, which is good. You know, it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing, because, you know, you have so many genre-specific people and, you know, or subcultures out there now that, you know, they kind of limit themselves as to what they want to listen to. And I was like that, too. You know, when I was younger, I was, I went through a black metal phase. I went through a death metal-only phase and stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, I understand. I understand all that, but I think... As you get older, um, you start to realize, like, you know what? If it's if it's good, I like it, and it doesn't matter what genre or what classification it falls under. And, and, oh, Smashing Pumpkins too! I forgot to mention oh, them. Nice. They're a freaking huge, <laughs> huge influence on me. I I wish with everything in me. Every time I listen to Siamese Dream, <laughs> I wish that I could recreate that guitar sound. Oh no, somehow. kidding. <laughs> that, yeah, that and Gish so. are just two amazing, amazing albums, and I love how Billy Corgan did his guitars. And there, there's a lot of you read a lot of the stuff from that era, and it, it's really cool the kinds of guitars he used and the effects and everything just to you know, accomplish what they did. Uh, oh, agreed. really, really great. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, that's, and, that's, and I guess that's maybe one criticism that that I've heard about a Gathering of None is that it's all oh, well, it's nostalgia, it's a nostalgia act. It's not, man. You know this is stuff that I grew up on. It's stuff that I still listen to and it's stuff that I feel that we kind of put a modern spin on. And, you know, there's lots of bands that could be called nostalgia acts. You know, I personally, I can't stand ghost. I can't, I, I just, I don't Thank get you. It. I, it just, Thank you. It just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't register with me. I, and I know that might piss a lot of people off, but <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, to me, they look like merciful fate, but they sound like blue oyster cult, you know, right and that's on. fine. You know, I have no problem with that. I just, but you know, the, the combining of the two, I guess. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little off base as far as and unfairly judging them as well, which I don't mean to do. But no way, man. You know, no way. But again, you know, <laughs> but again, like I said, you know, I there are bands that you know are doing, you know, or, or you know, for example, not even Ghost, but let's go even further, a band, a band like you know, The Sword. You know, uh-huh. all the all these bands, you know, are kind of doing like. You know, it's almost like '70s rock, kind of. Yeah, they're like Black like, Sabbath, sort of clones. You know, in the current day. You know. Yeah, exactly. And but you know, I I don't see anyone really like, you know, riding their jock about being you know nostalgia acts or anything like that. So 
when people bring that up, I've always find I always find it humorous because to me, you know, the '90s alternative stuff and the post-hardcore stuff and all that stuff that Gathering of None is, you know, sonically, is stuff that I still find relevant today musically. Mm-hmm. So I don't really consider it nostalgic. If it makes people nostalgic, then that just means that most of the music now sucks, you know. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of how I look at it, you know. It's I don't really I don't really view it as nostalgia. It's still relevant to, to me. You right. Know, or you know, maybe that maybe that you know means that you know eventually someone's going to say, oh well, you know, a gathering of another stuck in the nineties or, <laughs> or something like that, and that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't really I've had this, I've had detractors my whole career, so I you know a few more aren't going to bother me. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't really think it's a nostalgia thing because, you know, we put a modern spin on all these quote-unquote, you know, older sounds. Right. You know. Right. And yeah, I, I never once thought of this as a nostalgic act as I was uh, listening to this over and over and over again. It's it's really a fantastic I album. I And, um, you know, talking about diverse influences and, and things, I think that's really important um, because uh, what can be sort of dangerous when you have so many diverse influences and you're trying to meld them into something is you have one song that's this way, you have the next song that's this way, and everything is a hodgepodge. Every song is completely different sonically. Right. Um, but you manage to sort of bring everything together and be consistent with it uh, in the album as a whole. Um, you know, I, you I don't think, go think, just all across the board and everything. I mean, you, you, you pretty much hold it down where it is, and uh, that's quite a feat. I, I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, we were, and we worked really hard when we were in the studio, you know, recording everything, trying to make sure that you know, the same kind of feel, you know, was kind of there for every song. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of the track listing and the order of the songs for the album, you know, that we put in the order we wanted them to be in, and we felt like flowed the best. Because, you know, we knew, like, for example, we knew we couldn't bleed off the record with, you know, something like, you know, like a razor blade. We couldn't do that, you know. So we said, well, you know, what's going to grab people right away, you know? We said will fall where they may, you know, because the first line, you know, that just that, you know, that start, stop, riff, and then that first line, let's, you know, let's go for broke this time, you know, let's, let's just, let's just get it going, let's just dive right in, kind of thing, mm-hmm. so, so that, we, we chose that as the opener, and like I said, you know, from there, we just thought, we just thought, okay, well, what song would follow that better, you know, or, you know, what, what would be the best song to put after this song, or, you know, things of that nature, it, it was, uh, we really did put a lot of thought into it, uh, and I think Justin and Chris and Doug probably probably got about seven revised track listings from me <laughs> and before we finally found the one that we all said yes that's it that's the one so um, oh, that's it, great. it was it, it was a it was a you know like I said it was a long and arduous process but I think you know the end result I think sounds really good and I'm just glad that people are really liking it and still interested in what I'm doing even though it's you know different than what I used to do and things of that nature, but it's it's cool, man, because I've we've I've, we've gotten shown a lot of love and a lot of support, and you know, my God, I mean, you know, we had an Indiegogo campaign to help help us fund the record, and you know, we didn't we didn't make our goal, but we made enough to get the recording and the travel time, you know, that we needed. That's great to get the record to get the album going. So, you know, we have we have a lot of supporters and people that have been supporting me for years and from day one since 
you know, the Blitz Kid days and stuff like that. And I really appreciate every single one of them. Like, you know, they're, they're the reason that I've been afforded the opportunity to do something, you know, different and something that, you know, they're maybe not used to hearing from me, but they seem to be receptive to it. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple things just playing off what you said, you know, um, I, I was expecting, um, uh, like a, a more of a horror punk album, because of course that's, that's what I know you from is more of like horror right. punk kind of things. And there's, sure. there's, uh, no horror in this at all. This is more straight up, um, kind of thing. So, um, were you afraid you were going to alienate too many of your fans not oh, having that horror element? I, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, and I don't think it's a reflection on, on, you know, the horror punk scene or the horror punk fans, you know, not liking the record. You know, if they don't, then they don't, and that's fine. You know, I think, I think initially what alienated some of those people, and I, I fully admit this, is when A Gathering of None first started, I kind of, you know, went on record publicly and said, hey, you know, this new thing that I'm doing has nothing to do with horror punk. And I didn't mean, you know, it has nothing to do with horror punk as in, you know, screw you guys. Yeah, turn my back on that whole scene. Yeah, Yeah, no, I just meant that it has nothing to do with horror punk as far as, like, lyrically, you know, with imagery and stuff like that. And, you know, and stylistically, too, I don't really think there's any any horror punk-esque type, you know, influences, you know, in, right. in, the, in the music that a gathering of them makes. So... That's the point I was trying to make, but I can understand why someone would read that and say, especially after, you know, Blitzkid breaking up and everything, they're still kind of like, you know, reeling from that if they're a huge fan of that band. And then they see that and they're like, oh man, you know, that's, it's just, it's just over now. TV's just lost it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I understand completely like people being possibly angry about that, but I, you know, I meant no, no ill will or no harm toward you know, any, anything about horror punk. I don't, I don't hate it, you know, and I know that there was, you know, some talk of that from people for a couple of years too. I don't hate it. I just, I just wanted to do something different. I just wanted to genuinely do something different because, you know, I had all this, you know, musical stuff that I needed to get out that wasn't going to fall under that banner. So I thought it would be kind of unfair and, and honestly, it would be super easy to do it, you know, as as like a horror punk or a horror rock type project. But I didn't want to do that. I, that, that was that to me was taking the easy way out. And I didn't, you know, and I, I just I wanted to do something that basically forced me to start over, which, you know, some people might say is incredibly stupid. And, you know, they're probably right. <laughs> you got to take know, chances, you know. You do, man. You do, and I, that was that was a big chance that I wanted to try to take, you know. And I think I think it's paid off. It's not it's not paying off in like, you know, us playing arenas or anything like that. But at the end of the day, man, I could say that it's paying off because people have liked the songs and they like the music that we're making, and they, you know, they tell me they, you know, very very many people have told me, hey, man, I'm really glad you're doing this because it's different and it's fresh. And I really enjoy hearing you do something, you know, that's different than what I'm used to hearing from you. And and that's awesome, man. You know, so at the end of the day, I consider that a success. You know, I don't consider, I mean, it, you do to a point, let's be honest, but I don't, I don't, 
fully consider, you know, how many Facebook likes our page has or how many people share our page and stuff like that. I don't, I don't consider those things, you know, the measuring stick of us being a, a quote unquote successful band. Yeah. You know, I, I think just the fact, because here's my thing. I don't know. I'm jumping around a lot. I, I apologize. I'm a, I'm kind of a, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a verbal diuretic when I get going. But, no, this um, is great. This is great. Keep going, man. <laughs> but no, um, I think I think what happens is you know, um, people just uh, you know they they kind of are are uh, really close personally to bands that they like and bands that they enjoy, and uh, I can I can certainly understand. I certainly understand people being upset that I'm not doing a horror rock thing and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like I said, I just wanted I just wanted to kind of challenge myself, see if I could do it, you know. And lo and behold, you know, it, it has legs and and it, it's it's doing okay. It's not not doing great. Like I said, we're not you know playing arenas or stuff like that. But um. I don't. I don't have to. You know, my my main goal with this band, which brings me back to what I was going to say a second ago, my main goal with this band is, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, I don't really want to be a touring entity with a gathering of none, which I know might upset some people as well. <laughs> you know, I I think you know if we could get to a point where we could just all get together and have our schedules line up, be able to play 20 or 30 times a year. And still put out records and stuff like that. I think I'm, I'm good. You know, that's that's all I need at this point because, you know, you know, Blitz Kid had a 15 year run. We toured for, God, 10 years of that 15 year run. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe 12. Man. You know, um, off and on. But uh, I think I think you know my my hardcore you know road dog days are kind of over. Um, I do like to play live. I, I want to get back out there at some point. It's just a question of, as I said, just having everybody's schedules line up and everybody able to travel and meet up and rehearse and do all the things that we need to do to make that happen. So, uh, but like I said, you know, I, I, I really am glad that people are, are enjoying it. And it seems that there's not been too much, too much resistance, you know, from people that have, you know, been into things that I've done previously. Mm-hmm. There has been, but there hasn't been too much, which is also a good thing in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and something I've noticed from, you know, especially like the horror rock, horror punk uh audience uh and fans, is they tend to be like fiercely devoted to both bands and to artists within the band. Oh, I mean really, absolutely. really you know, you you think about, you know, Danzig um and you know his whole following and and all the misfits, actually, and especially like it takes some. I think a perfect example, sort of a you know a parallel of what you're doing is Michael Graves, where you know he right. he was in the Misfits and he he put out some great great albums with them, and then they split, and he did he did horror punk right after that. But uh, now a few years later, like he's done acoustic stuff, he's done things that aren't even horror related, put out those kind of albums, and the people that have been there with him since the Misfit days, I being one of them. You know, I, I I love the guy. I love his work, and I love all the exploration that he's doing. And I really respect it. He's really talented, and that's what you're doing. And you know, I think I think these uh, these horror punk fans, like I said, are very fiercely devoted. And you're going to find that a lot of people are just sticking with you 
through thick and thin and uh, just well, loving what yeah, you're doing. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I agree with that 100%. There have been, you know, kids from Brazil, you know, and Argentina that, you know, have recently, you know, gotten in touch with me and said, oh, man, I love a gathering of none. There have been kids from Germany, you know, who, you know, let's get toured over, over there countless times, you know, who's, oh, I love a gathering of none. I'm, you know, really glad that you're... The main, the biggest, the biggest response that I've gotten from everyone is, is I'm still, I'm so glad you're still doing music. They haven't said, you know, I'm so glad you're still doing horror punk, or I'm so glad you're doing, you know, stoner rock or melodic punk or hardcore. They don't, they don't genre specify when they say that to me. They just say, I'm glad you're doing music still, and that's that's awesome. You know, to hear to hear that they're not putting any expectations on it and just. Say, hey man, you're still playing. You're still doing music. That's that's awesome. Please don't stop. And that's and that's cool, man. That's that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, just shifting to the making of uh, of this album, nothing left to lose. Um, it was it was done sort of. Uh, I think I think you said before we started recording, uh, virtually. Everyone sort of spread out, and you you weren't able to just all get together and jam every night and, and work this stuff out. So um, what was the picture of, of this? How, how did this work? What Initially how it happened is, you know, we had, uh, Purging Empty Promises was initially supposed to be eight songs, you know, but we decided, you know, I decided, you know, when that was coming out or when I wanted to release that, I said, okay, look, what we'll do is we'll do one EP and then we'll, we'll split these, we'll split these songs up. We'll take the best, you know, First four songs, first best four songs, I think, from the EP, do, a, do an EP. And then we'll take those next four songs, do another EP, you know. And given, you know, all of the rigmarole that we had to go through recording 12 songs, you know, I think we should have just done four. <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, what happened was initially, you know, we had, I think it was, yeah, we had the four songs from Purging Empty Promises that we wanted to wanted wanted to redo. And, you know, so that left, you know, however many songs we decided we're going to make up the rest of the full length. And it ended up being eight more songs. And how those songs came to be is I just, you know, I just do them, you know, in demo form on, uh, you know, on my laptop here at home. And I send, you know, send the files to the rest of the guys and say, hey, you know, if you can add to this or whatever, you know, or if you got a harmony idea vocally or something, you know, throw it my way, see what we can do. And, um, you know, a lot. That's the thing, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that came in to being in the band with me, you know, came in with, like, most of these songs already ready to go. So, you know, there, was, there wasn't that necessarily uh, any, I don't want to say any room. There was room for collaboration and stuff like that because, you know, there were some ideas thrown around and, you know, they actually made the songs a lot better. But, um, you know, with Justin and Doug and Chris, they all, you know, kind of agreed and, you know, signed on to do it. I pretty much already had the songs demoed out. And, you know, so there wasn't much of a, uh, much of a time window for everybody to say, okay, well, I think this would be cool. And another thing that, you know, hurts it is because Justin lives in San Antonio, Doug lives in New Jersey, I live in Massachusetts, Chris lives in West Virginia. Virginia wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, I, like I was explaining to you before we started, you know, for sort of the recording, um, 
you know, it's not like we could just, you know, go down the street and be like, hey, dude, you know, you want to jam today or you want to, you know, want to rehearse this new song idea or something like that. It's more like, hey, man, you know, I'm sending you an email of a new demo or you know, I'm sending you a sending you this riff of an uh, MP3 of a riff that I came up with the other day. See what you think kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, once, once I had all the songs kind of demoed out to where I wanted them to be, or at least structurally, uh, I'd send, I'd send them all to those guys and I said, okay, you know, if you have any ideas or any stuff that you want to do or anything that you think would be cool to add on, let me know. And, uh, so that's basically how those songs took shape. And, um, when we went into uh, record at uh, Solid Design Studios there at uh, Bristol, Tennessee, uh, in February, it was just pretty much, you know, we'd already had, we'd already been like beating ourselves over the head with the demo versions, and you know, had added stuff here and there to them over the over the course of a few months before we recorded, and, then, and they were pretty much ready to go. So it was even though none of us had been in like the same room, you know, to. <laughs> to rehearse the songs and stuff. Everybody knew their stuff. Everybody knew their parts. We did, uh, we did rehearse with, uh, with our drummer, Chris, for a couple of days before we went down to record because, you know, the drums, you know, you don't want to spend two or three days doing those. Um, some bands do. I'd I like to get them knocked out in at least one or two days. And, you know, Chris, being the phenomenal drummer that he is, we rehearsed with him twice. First day we go down the track drums, he knocks all twelve songs out in about five and a half hours. Wow. So yeah, so it literally it literally bought us an extra day of time. <laughs> because he finished them so quick and he's such a professional and he's so good. Um so that was that's kinda how it all came about, man. I mean, like I said, it's not a it's not a typical situation where, you know, even the guys are just a, you know, an hour, hour and a half apart. It's, you know, we kinda have to Lots of phone calls, lots of texts, lots of emails, lots of Facebook messages, stuff like that. Lots of hey, I sent you this link to a Dropbox folder, you know, yeah. uh, of some of some riff ideas, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not it's not you know a typical band situation, and but it it, it works, and I couldn't be I couldn't be happier with the guys that are playing uh, with you know for a gathering or none, man. It's I have I have all the right guys you know in line and. The only thing I think that we may have to do is maybe find an extra guitarist uh, to do some stuff when we, whenever we do go to play live, because I mainly want to concentrate on just singing. Yeah. Because I've never done, I've never done it. You know, mm -hmm. I've always had a, I've always had a guitar strapped to me, and I think it would be cool to finally just. You know, it's gonna be weird at first. I'm probably gonna feel a, a bit naked. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was gonna say that. That'd be strange. But, um. But you know, I think I think it'll be I think it'll be good, and I think um, I think it will allow me to um, you know interact with the crowd a little bit more and be a little bit more you know energetic and move around some more and stuff like that, which which is great, you know, because you know that's something that people aren't used to seeing from me either. So yeah, you know, I think it, it all all signs point to all signs point to good things, man. Excellent, excellent. Um, you know, I, I don't think you know you said you know it's sort of an, an unconventional way of of putting a, a record out and everyone being long distance and doing things virtually. But, you know, I think anymore, I, I actually, I'm hearing more and more of this, you know, people just doing things remotely and, you know, dropboxing tracks back and forth and bouncing things off. I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing that with my friends. I'm a musician, but, um, okay. uh, all of my musician friends that, um, I've known throughout my life and that, uh, I'm cool with are, 
you know, two, three, four hours away from me. And so we can't do that. Sure. And so, you know, every once in a while, we're just like, dude, I got this song idea. See if you can jam something, you know, on the bass or the guitar, you know, and, and whatever. And we just have fun with it. And I, I think a lot of more people are doing that just because the Internet's there and, and it's easier, you know, and I You're don't really have to busy. wait till I, you know, go two hours down to Pittsburgh so I can see my friends and, and jam with them. You know, I can email them a file tonight and, exactly. you know, they exactly. can rock on it. So. You know, right. I think we're going to see more and more and more of that, and it's going to be, you know, more oh, of a yeah. common thing. I mean, it, it, even even over probably the last four or five, not even four or five years, probably the last ten years, you see more and more like one man, like quote unquote one man bands, you know, coming oh, yeah. out. Like I know, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of those in you know in, in the black and death metal genres, guys that just you know. It's amazing, a, you know, misanthropic view of, of the world. <laughs> they don't, they don't really want to deal with anyone, so they just, they right. just say, okay, screw it, I'll just program the drums and do it myself. Yeah, so, um, well, that's that's uh, that's the regular mo of Hank Three. I don't know if you're you're a Hank Three fan, but that's how he oh, does yeah. like everything. <laughs> like, oh really? Yeah, he does everything himself, and he just tracks it all at home. He has a studio in his basement and uses some. Uh, some digital you know, studio uh, thing, and it just that's how it is. And I think it's awesome. I, I totally love people to do that because that is so hard, especially when you're playing the drum. I think Hank plays his own drums. He doesn't program anything, and that is a bitch. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. You're the man. You're you're the producer. You're the <laughs> everything, and it's uh, yeah. But that's, I, I kind of man. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no no no. Go for it. I'm rambling. So. Oh, that's that's kind of what I dealt with when um, you know the recording sessions for Bridging Empty Promises took place because you know when you're doing everything yourself, you don't have you know you don't have a oh okay well I have a scratch track on guitar that I could listen to and go by for the drums, you know. Yeah. I guess I could have done that, but for whatever reason I and my my engineer uh, at the time uh, Clay Neely, good friend of mine. Um, he said to me, he said, so you're just going to go in and just play the drum track and not just from memory? And I was like, yeah, you know, I know how the song goes. I know where I need to be. And, <laughs> I love know. it. So they, that, was, that, was, that was probably, you know, really, again, probably a really dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason it works, you know. I, but I think it only worked because, not because I'm, you know, this amazing musician or, you know, this awesome drummer. I'm certainly not an awesome drummer. <laughs> but uh, I think it worked because uh, I think it worked because I, those songs, those Purging Into Promises songs, some of those songs were even, you know, three, four years in the making. So I, you know, I had, and once I finally got them to where I wanted them to be, I knew exactly how you want, how I wanted everything to go. So I think that's why it was, you know, yeah. maybe a little less painless than it should have been. <laughs> for me to do the drum tracks with no scratch tracks and stuff like that, so um, you know, knock on wood, we we, we got it we got it done that way, and um, it was probably a very big stroke of luck. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, no, you I, got talent, man. It's it's far less luck <laughs> than you think. That. It's uh, you know, it, it takes somebody special that has uh, knows music and just has that that naturally born talent in them, man, to to pull something off and. You definitely got it, and you you are you are more than an adequate drummer. I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> you're you know selling yourself short that way. You can, you know, you're one of those guys that can play like pretty much anything. Is it is there anything you wish you could play that you don't? Oh, I 
man, you know, I, I would have to say I'm a, I'm a metal nerd first and foremost. Let me just nice. throw that right out there. Uh, you know, I unapologetic metal nerd, <laughs> but, um, I, I love, from from a technical and from like a uh, musicianship standpoint, I love all of the guitar virtuoso, all the shreddy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from a songwriting standpoint, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because I love to listen to it, and I would really like to be able to play it. But I would never, I would never, I would never compose music that way because I, I love, you know, again, I love to listen to it, but at the same time, I'm like, where's the hook? Where's the chorus? You know, where's the what is the vocal line that I'm going to remember, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And, and, and it's like that with a lot of, with a lot of metal bands now, they, they just try to cram in as many riffs as they can and, uh, and everything. And a lot of, a lot of the production that a lot of these metal bands are using now, especially the technical, you know, like virtuosic, you know, metal bands that are around now. Uh, is that even the word virtuosic? I don't know. Um, it is now. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, it is now, it is today. Um, a lot of those bands, they just try to cram in as much stuff as they can and, and play as many notes per, per minute as possible. And, you know, while it's awesome and it's like, you know, wow, that's, that's pretty that's pretty rad technique there, brother, <laughs> or something like that. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know, and I, like I said, I love that stuff, but I hate it because I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. But man, there's not really a memorable song there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like that for me. So it's kind of a double edged sword because, I, like I said, I'd love to listen to it, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I don't remember anything about that album, right. <laughs> except for the fact that I'm like, wow, that's such a great guitar player, or wow, that those those drum riffs <laughs> in that one song were cool, you know, and stuff like that. And that's so. I mean, I would love to be again. I would love to be able to play stuff like that, and uh, you know, it just it it really. It really just uh, it really just doesn't confuse me sometimes, man. As as how like dudes write songs like that, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. There's a whole lot of whole lot of skill there, a whole lot of talent. But where's you know it's the soul. You know, I mean, where's the soul? You know, where exactly it, does it exactly. change you? No. You know, as a person and and affect you. And and it's, it, eh. But yeah, no, it's funny. I joke around with her uh, with our drummer uh, Chris sometimes because. You know, and I like bands like this, but like he's he's super like prog rock dude. He's like he's all about some Rush, some Yes, some King Crimson, you know, yeah. Dream Theater and stuff like that. Fate's Warning and all that stuff, <laughs> which is great. You know, I like all those bands too. But it's funny though because you know he'll be like, you know, I'll be like, dude, the new Dream Theater album came out. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's it called? Look what I could do. You know, or so, you know, we just we just kind of rib, we just we just kind of rib on each other, right? Right. So, but, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, to, to me, like there, yeah, it's definitely like that style of of metal specifically. I would love to be able to play, love to listen to it, but sometimes also hate it yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's just I, you know, I'm hard pressed to find a memorable part about. There's, that's the thing that bugs me. There's, that's that sums it up perfectly. There's memorable song parts, they're not memorable songs. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, wow, that's but a at great the same riff. time, while yeah. I'm trashing it, I'd love to play it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. It's sort of it, it's um it's a bit of self indulgence and a little bit of pretentiousness, you know, and just you know, sort of showing people what you can do, what your chops are. But right. at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm. I'm an artist here. I'm, you know, supposed to be 
you know, uh, entertaining people and, and moving people, changing people, telling a story. And how can right. I best do that and, and make it memorable? And, uh, right. you know, it's uh, it's crazy. And the funny thing is, you know, tonight as I'm listening to this, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a metalhead to the core. I listen to just the, the most brutal of the brutal, you know, and I love dissonant, heavy stuff. You know, a lot of right. Meshuggah and, uh, you know, Cannibal Corpse and Six Feet Under and things. And I just love heavy stuff. But again, I'm very diverse and I listen to a lot of stuff. And it was such a breath of fresh air to put on your album, you know, and, and to listen to it. Because it, it's sort of like it balances everything in my life out a little bit. Because I'm like, this is a great album. It's very catchy. Um, it's really, really tight. You know, everything. I, I, I can tell you guys really, you know, everyone had their parts just down because it was so tight. It was really well done. And, um, you know, it was just, it was, it was, it was like having a nice tall glass of lemonade on a summer day, you know? And, uh, so it was good. That's a great analogy. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, yeah. And I I can see where, um, see where it's, it's tough. It's, uh, you know, you find yourself, I mean, are you, are you more of a musician, uh, that write songs for yourself or are you trying to are you picturing sort of a, a an audience that you're trying to write for and you're writing for them do you know what i mean uh, you know that, that's a tough question i know the short answer for most people is they write for themselves and, and i do to an extent because there have been there have been times when you know i'll i'll pass along a, an idea or something to the guys and they'll be like wow that's, well that's different for us you know, or they'll be, wow, that's heavy for us, or you know, or something like that. And you know, and again, it just goes back to the whole thing of where there's no rules. You right, know, right. Um, so I think I think every band, especially if they have an established sound, tries to write for their at least for their fan base in mind. You know, to keep the people that that that, that got them to where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think with a band like us. People don't really know what to expect, you know, because, you know, I'll be honest with you, the next album we do is going to be an EP, and it sounds, none of those batch of songs sound nothing like anything that's on Nothing Left to Lose. So, you know, I think, for, for a gathering of none, I think we do, we, we tend to write for ourselves, and, you know, if people latch onto it and dig it along the way, then that's, that's even better. But at the end of the day, I think, yeah, we write for ourselves. You know, do we want people to like it? Of course we do. Yeah. You know, no one starts a band or makes music, you know, um, on a on a to do it on a to do it on a scale of where they're putting their own stuff out and things like this to say to hope to, in the hopes that no one will like it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. There's there's no there's nobody in in a band that you know are you know doing the work and you know putting their own stuff out and you know, doing their own DIY tours and stuff like that, that say, oh, well, you know, nobody likes it, but that's cool. You know, <laughs> right. they, they don't see that. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, if, if, you know, if, and again, you know, again, going back to the whole, you know, the bedroom, the one-man band guys doing the stuff in their bedroom, those dudes are totally fine with people not liking their music. They're just doing it to get it out. You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the thing. I, you know, I, we, we're doing it to get it out too, but you know, the fact that people like it is, you know, it's just more you know more icing on the cake. Yep, right on. 
Right on. And it, it's funny. I'm uh, sort of a, another analogy to this whole thing um, that uh, actually has nothing to do with with music. But I just finished uh, reading again Stephen King's book on writing. Uh, because I like to write okay. too, and and it's a fantastic book. But he was talking about people who write for themselves versus you know people who write books just to sell them, you know, and have an audience in mind. And and right. uh, you know he made uh, he, it, it's a it's a great analogy for what we do because if he's like, hey, if you're the kind of writer that likes to write something just for yourself, and you are convinced that you're not out to please anybody but yourself, then great. Don't. Put it out there. Don't look to get it published. Don't put it on the internet. Nothing. Just put it in a drawer and just be happy that you did it. You pleased yourself. But just right. by the fact that you've put it out there, you know, tried to get it published, put it out on the internet for people to read, then you have that element where you want people to respond to this. You know, you oh, do. Oh, even if you're not yeah. going to admit it, even if you're sort of like almost a hipster type, you know. Being like, you know, yep. hey, this is, this is my thing. I don't care if you like it or not, but here it is. You know, just by that right. virtue, you're putting it out there at all. You actually do. You want people to respond to this. You want people to either like it or not like it or, or, or whatever. And um, right. so I, I think, you know, that's just just being an artist. Um, I think no, everybody out there yeah. wants to be responded to, you know, in some sure. regard as an artist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, if it. It speaks a lot about, you know, if you didn't think it was good enough, then you wouldn't put it out there. You know what I mean? Right, right. And and that's a that's a big deal, you know. Um, for I was I was really worried about the you know the first EP because I'm like, man, this this is different stuff, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And you know, again, you worry about people's perceptions of it and everything like that. But you know, people across the board were you know, pretty much you know immediately saying that they loved it, and that was that was. Yeah, believe me, that was definitely gratifying. Man. Well, I'm uh, I'm really happy to hear of uh, you know people taking so positively uh, to what you're doing, man. And Tracy, this has been really fun tonight, man. And um, I agree. Uh, you can uh, everyone out there listening, you can find this music at a gathering of uh, You can listen to the new album and the previous EP, and I hope that you buy it. Because uh, you can download it and then uh, stream it on all your devices and everything. And it's not that much. It's really cheap. So um, go check it out. Go take a listen. It's uh, really, really cool. But, uh, man, uh, wow. I hope uh, hope we can do this again. Like I said before uh, before we started recording, it's really such a huge honor that uh, I could talk with you at all and, and just hang out for a little bit tonight because uh, I've been listening to you for a lot of years. And uh, have a lot of respect for you, and and just hearing what you're doing is still great stuff. You know, I couldn't be happier, and I just got to thank you for right. for doing this. That mean, that means a great deal to me, man. Because you know, I I know that um I know that a lot of people uh, have have come to know just me, you know, through you know through my previous work in Blitz Kids and stuff like that, and that's great, you know, and because that doing that, you know, if I hadn't done Blitz Kid, no one no one would, you know, really know what was going on with me. So the fact that, like I said to you earlier, the fact that those people are still kind of along for the ride with me is amazing. And I appreciate you saying that. But honestly, dude, you know, the honor, the honor thing is all mine because I don't, I don't really, I don't really view myself as anything special and, you know, or unique. And the fact that people do is really, you know, mind blowing, you know, and, and I, I, 
it's humbling, man, because I've had people tell me that, you know, songs that I've written or lyrics that I've written, you know, helped them out through tough times or, mm-hmm. you know, have some people have said, y'all, you're, that song changed my life. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge deal, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's something I don't take lightly at all. And I, I really just, I appreciate your, your, your words. You mean a lot, they mean a lot to me, man. They really do because I don't, you know, I don't, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of hard time um, believing that you know I'm I've made a difference sometimes and you know even even the small even the smallest inkling of you know hearing stuff like that lets me know that lets me know that I have and you know gives me something to be proud of so I pre- I appreciate you as well wow wow that means a lot and uh, just keep doing what you're doing man because uh, people out here we we just love it we really do so. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to any any other website? Of course, I'll put your Facebook link up. I'll put the Bandcamp link up here. Is there any other um, you know place people can go or anything else you want to pimp out here? We got a Reverb Nation, and you know, pretty soon we got a we got a big cartel page. That's where people can buy like physical copies of the CD and stuff too. Sweet. Um, so that's that's just the gathering of none dot big cartel dot com. Um, so I mean, that's pretty much all. I mean, you know. We do we do want to get an actual like band website going because you know I know a lot of a lot a lot of bands including us you know right now just have you know Facebook Twitter Reverb Nation stuff like that but I really think it says you know a lot about your band if you have if you still have that you know it's almost like a lost art now the the the, uh, the official band website is kind of you know going to going the way of the buffalo. At this point, with all with all the social media and stuff like that, but I think right. you know, it, I think it would help increase our visibility that much more if we had our own, you know, personal space to where people could go to and check out a gathering. And because you know, believe it or not, you know, there are people that really could care less about Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, and to get uh, up there on the Google rankings, man, it's huge. You know. Yeah, so. man. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean. You know, it, I think, you know, in the future we're going to try to do that and we're going to um, be pressing the physical copies of the CD in a few weeks. Um, and we're also in, in uh, working on getting everybody's Indiegogo merch uh, all sewn up and sent out as soon as possible. I know people have been waiting on that stuff since April. So, you know, given the fact that we, we also had, that's another thing that I should have mentioned um when we were recording, we had to, we, we we mixed the album twice because initially we weren't happy with it, and mm-hmm. um, so we remixed it. And then there was you know we have we had guest spots on the album too, so you know we were waiting on a couple of those for a little bit. Uh, a couple of people that we initially had in mind, you know, said they weren't going to be able to, and so then we had to scramble to find you know other people to do it, you know. And it, initially, um, the solo in the song "Light My Way." was supposed to be handled by, by uh, you know, a guest spot. And they said, look, I, I really am just not coming up with anything that I can justify sending to you as being good or as being, you know, what I feel you want for this. So why don't you just do it? So I, so I just played the solo for that song and, you know, just stuff like that. It was, um, it was just, you know, and there, there were several changes that we made once we finally got the mix that we liked. There was, you know, oh, well, this... You know that well. The well, the bass can come down right here, or the you know, or the that guitar part's way loud, or 
you know, the mix on this song, the, the guitars are, you know, kind of drowning out the vocals. Just basic stuff, you know, that every band deals with when they're going to going to mix a record and, you know, get it out there. But that's that's another reason why everything is taking so long is because the record took so long yeah. to, to put together. I mean, we released it in August. It, you know, we recorded it in February. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's... Uh, it's it's really not you know but I mean I initially had hoped to get it out by at least April or May and you know then April came and went and then May came and went and I said okay well let's just to be on the safe side let's just say August at this point so luckily the stars you know the stars lined up and that's when we were able to do it yeah well so like I said in you know in the grand scheme of things I don't think that's an unreasonable timeline whatsoever and uh, not, you know it just take whatever time you need to make sure that we just get a great album and I'm, you know, I'm happy and I'm sure the fans are happy too. I mean, just make sure it's awesome. So thank you for that. I appreciate it, man. You know, that's one thing we didn't want to do. We didn't want to rush it, you know? And, yeah. And I felt like, I felt like, um, you know, so I kind of got, I kind of got nervous, not, not because not, not on, not for his part, but I kind of got nervous the day we finished the drum track so quickly because I'm like, oh my God, are these going to sound okay? You know, and then we, you know, and of course we listened back to them and analyzed and analyzed and overanalyzed some more, and it sounded fine. But, you know, like I said, I think everybody was just so familiar with the songs at that point that they were just kind of, we just kind of started blazing through them, you know. And you got to remember, like every every single part that I did on that record, I've I've had in mind for at least a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. So with some slight variation here and there, so you know, it it was really just a really just a super easy, you know, free flowing, you know, kind of recording session. It wasn't it wasn't anything stressful or anything like that, you know. Other than other than hitting some of the high notes in uh in Harry Houdini. That was Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, kinda tough. Are you finding as you're getting older those those high notes and you have great range and everything, but are those high notes getting getting a little tougher for you to, to You know what it is and, and it's it's probably because I, I admittedly probably don't drink enough water, but I find myself, I, I find my throat drying out a lot, mm. you know, a lot easier than it used to now. And I have noticed that, yeah, over the, over the years, my voice has, you know, tended to be a little lower. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you're old you know? or anything, but I mean, we're all No, no, up man, there it's and... cool. I turn, <laughs> I turn 38 next month, man. That's fine. Oh, man. Um, you're only a few no, months ahead uh, of me then. That's, that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I have noticed that over the years, you know, it, well, all right, that, that, you know, that standard tuning's kind of reaching a little bit, so let's let's at least tune down half a step. <laughs> and I recently found out, though, oddly enough, I recently found out through some news article or something like that that um, I forget, I forget where I saw it, but um, they actually said that the correct, uh, the correct tuning, the correct pitch for music is, you know. E, e flat or you know E sharp, and I was like, wow, oh, wow. So, so we've been doing it right. Okay, that's where we're supposed <laughs> to be singing. Yeah, that's, and, what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. All right. You, you know what's funny about that? Because here in the past year, I've learned that um, both uh, Metallica and Megadeth—they've—they've um, sure. they, uh, played all their classic songs um, in uh, standard tuning in E. Right. And uh, but as they've gotten older. Both Metallica and Megadeth have tuned down a whole step, and now their whole guitar oh, yeah. is, is tuned in standard D. 
yep. um, just yep. because, you know, those high notes are a bitch. <laughs> well, that's the thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. A lot of, especially a lot of, you know, especially for that style, you know, the Megadeth Metallica stuff, a lot of that, you know, those earlier, earliest songs by those, by those bands is just, that's just yelling in key, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. right. So, so to do that now, you know, at, you know, 51, 52 years old, especially, sure, you man. know, that's, <laughs> you know, that ain't going to be, that ain't going to be as easy when you were, you know, 22. <laughs> right on, right on. Can you see this? I mean, picture yourself like you're turning 50. Can you picture yourself still going at it this hard and, and, and writing these kind of songs or just looking down? I mean, like 15 years from now, even. Um, I think so, man, because yeah. I, I think, I think if anything, I've over the years, I've progressively gotten into heavier music and I know it's supposed to go backward, <laughs> but I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see myself mellowing out anytime soon. I mean, you know, other than the fact that you know, I'm just getting older and I'm, you know, kind of like a little more settled now with my my personal life. And, you know, I mean, for Christ's sake, dude, I grow jalapenos. You know, I, I'm <laughs> that's not, awesome. You know, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I mean, I, that's the thing. Some people, you know, they have this, you know, preconceived notion about, you know, not just me or, you know, anyone really that, you know, from bands that they like, oh, like, you know, their, their lives must just be awesome, you know. I can assure you, dude, Nikki Six has changed, you know, many a crappy diaper and, you know, oh, yeah. had to walk the dog and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm i no different than anybody else, man. I just, you know, I've just been blessed to, you know, be able to, you know, write a few songs that people have liked. More than a few. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well okay. We'll, 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 we'll say more than a few. Ever the humble man. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh. but no, dude, I really, I really appreciate you having me, and I, I thank you for the support, and I thank all your listeners and uh, you guys, please just uh, you know give us give us a whirl. If it's not your thing, pass us along to someone whose thing it might be, um, you know, because we ain't stopping. Right on, right on. And all the links to uh, hook up with a gathering of none are going to be in our show notes. And again, uh, we're at devilhorns.org. Tracy TB, my man, it's it, it's been so good tonight. And like I said, I hope we can just. Uh, do this again and uh absolutely man I'll, I'll, anytime anytime just let me know thank you thank you so all right brother we're gonna call it a night thank you again and uh let's do it again thank you sir have a good one you too you've been listening to devil horns join us at devilhorns.org. opening music for devil horns is taken from the song killdozer by strychnia from their ep Reanimated Monstrosity. Find Strychnia at facebook.com forward slash Strychnia.
you live around now. 